Couldn't get control. It's a centering try. Save! Mark Andre Fleury, a huge stop. He sprawled out and snared it with the glove after the dish came from the corner, right to the middle. And Mark Andre Fleury's one of his more impressive saves in the early going. A chance at the other end. Glove save. Fleury got a piece with the glove and deflects it over the cage on the try from Ryan Hartman. Play is in front of the Vegas bench now. Knights changing. Marcia so couldn't grab the puck. Right wing shot. Glove save. Flurry sliding to his left. Petrangelo fails to clear. Penalty time is over. Centering feet in front of shot, and they score. Joel Eriksson wins it in overtime. 3:20 into the extra period. Found the puck just a few feet in front of the crease, and Minnesota takes game one. She's crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness, that's the one. Golden Knights only down 1-0, Jared. We don't have to be this sad. They got at least three more games in the season. Whereas we got to stay positive. Yeah. Jeez, Jared. Just bringing the mood down. All right, it's time. All I had was glove safe. It's time. <laughs> what, do you want, what, what do you want me to what do? do? It's time for Ed to put on his teacher's hat and start giving out grades. Grainy's grades. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Grainy's grades. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Greenies grades. God damn it, I hate Jake Fanning. All right, Ed, your first topic to grade is Mark Andre Fleury's save on Kaprizov with his blocker. B. B. This is why. <laughs> I can't give it an A for this reason. As as great and wiry as athletic as Flurry is, I always believe that they have no idea they did it. I think they just stick their blocker out and hope. And here's the other thing: the Kaprizov kid, as great as he is, you said it a million times. Elevate the puck. Why do these guys continue to shoot right into blocks? Elevate the puck. He has no idea it's coming. His face is the other way. He's sticking his leg out. Elevate the puck and you score. I can't give the kid an A because I don't think he even knew it was being shot. Never mind that he saved it. In fact, afterwards, someone asked him about the crease. I saved it. Well, you know, put the blocker out. I don't even think he knew he saved the thing. I give him a B. Solid B. Solid B. A solid B. Oh, we have solid now. I forgot about that. SB. This is an A plus. <laughs> a plus. I, he didn't I know. often hate on goalies. They're they're well positioned <laughs> meatbags. Even even Flurry's glove saves are often shots that are straight into his glove. Like he the windmill saves are often into his glove, and then he windmills it around to make it look fancier. But this one is phenomenal. You're talking about elevate. Kaprizov did elevate it. It, he didn't shoot it on the ice. This wasn't a pad save. This was his blood. This was his <laughs> arm. This was Flurry's arm. He did elevate the puck. Wait. I thought the Caprice off was the pad save. No, it was his blocker. His arm. His blocker got it. 
Which golem am I thinking of then? Well, the not, one where he sprawled golem. across and did the and 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 did the uh, yeah, the where blockers. he's coming back across and hit the blocker. That's a solid B. It was an uh, like <laughs> solid B. Like again, <laughs> most saves, even like here. Here's the thing that we need to understand about goaltending. Like all those glove saves from Flurry, those are saved eighty percent of the time yes. by the average goal. And no one does the windmill but him. Well, other goals <laughs> do, but yes. Well, like that's the thing to understand about about hockey is high danger chances are still saved about eighty percent mm-hmm. of the time by the average goalie. So when you see a great save and it's like, oh, Fleur, like Flurry didn't save five goals yesterday. The average goalie would have let a in couple, like probably the average goalie probably lets in one or two or two of those. And that's it. Not like five. Like the average goalie saves most of those shots because again, high danger chances only go in about 20% of the time. That's the key to understand because most of the time the skaters shoot it right into the goalie because the goalie. Much like they did 42 times to Cam Talbot. Exactly. Because the goalie's job is usually just to be big and take up as much space as possible because it's hard to shoot a hockey puck exactly where you want it to go. But what Flurry did on that, and again, it is—it's always luck because he's coming across oh, the yeah, ice. Exactly. But it was actually he stuck his blocker into a shot that was, you know, three or four feet off the ice. It wasn't shot straight across the ice. It was into All a right, blocker. All right, I got to hold on a second. I'm I might giving change it an a this. Plus. Hold on. I'm no, look don't at change again. your grades. I'm gonna don't look be at a flip-flopping teacher. No, I'm going to look at it again. Hold on, let me look if at you this. Change, you better give it an F. Look at this. You better give it an F. Hold on. Come on, um, they can't be an A oh, on this. Oh, oh, that one? <laughs> B. <laughs> B. Take the, the solid out. Take the oh, solid out. You're the worst. All right. <laughs> Next topic to grade. The worst. <laughs> How you did go. you get that? Next Jesus. topic to grade is Shea Theodore. Uh, C. C. I think he might have, correct me if I'm wrong. I th- Am I wrong to say he took the most shots? I, I believe think he, you're wrong. I think he, he had sure? four. I don't know. Oh, who I thought had he had the five. Most. Okay, I just think it's a problem when he's taking the most shots. And he don't score. I think I, I should give him a higher grade because I'd say I, I want to say what the hell happened to everyone else up front. Like maybe they should be taking more shots. Um, yeah, I didn't see him really do much. I don't. He was uh, zero. I'm I'm looking here. Okay, he was zero plus minus. He played twenty two minutes. I I don't remember him doing much. So I got to go see because. I don't. You know, he didn't stand out anyway. So Minnesota is interesting because they're probably their best player, Kaprizov, doesn't play on their top line. They have a top line, and then Kaprizov is on their second line. And Shea the- the matchups for Pete DeBoer normally Shea Theodore is sheltered and doesn't play against the other team's best players. But because Kaprizov is on the second line, Pete DeBoer normally gives Alex Petrangelo the top line, and Alex Petrangelo <laughs> played against the top line for Minnesota. You'd argue the Greenway, Eriksonak, and uh, Felino. Right, but Theodore—that means his main matchup was against Kaprizov, and they did fine against the Kaprizov line. The expected goals and Corsi were both right around fifty percent when Kaprizov was on the ice against Theodore. That's pretty good for the Golden Knights when Theodore's out there against that. The problem for Shea Theodore is he had the lowest individual expected goals on the team yesterday. The only player who was less dangerous in terms of individually scoring a goal was Ryan Reeves. And if, that's not a company you want to be in when it comes to scoring goals. And if you go, if you have a game where you don't score a goal and you lose one, nothing and Shea Theodore, who's supposed to be one of the best offensive defensemen in the league is the second least dangerous player on the team. It's an F. F. Theodore's got to be better. Solid F. Like defensively, fine. Kaprizov wasn't like dominant against him, but Theodore's out there to score. Next topic, Robin Leonard's shaved head. 
Uh, I'm going to go A plus here. A plus. Because it kind of laughs in the tradition of weirdness with hockey players and hair. Growing beards. They grow out the growing beard hair, the growing hair. beards, weirdness. Uh, the other thing is, we had, you know, he, uh, Alex Petrangelo, he said, uh, Leonard said he'll get a tattoo of Petrangelo's face on his head, I guess, if, if they, they win, win the, the cup. cup. I don't know if I would do that to probably trade Petrangelo in the offseason. <laughs> then you'd have the guy's face on your freaking head, and it wouldn't be good at all. Uh, after the way Petrangelo's played, I mean, maybe, maybe you'd get the face. You should go with someone you know is going to be there. Stone, well, get Stone's face on your head. Well, listen, the good thing is Alex Petrangelo is guaranteeing that Leonard won't have to get the tattoo. See, that's that's like a reverse psychology thing, the that's way Petrangelo's playing. He's like, I feel sorry for this poor kid. He didn't get the start. The last thing this kid needs is my face on his head, so I'm going to turn the puck over at the most uh, the most serious time of the game. Yeah, that might be great. The shaved head, A+. Plus. Yes. A+. Plus. No question. I always enjoy when sports teams are like, we're all shaving our heads. We're all dying <laughs> Growing a beard. Yeah. Growing a beard. I find that humorous. I, it's it's fun. The, the Petrangelo face tattoo on the head's an F. Like, if. That'd be a bad tattoo, regardless of who turned the puck Terrible. over. That'd be a but bad But then again, tattoo. you'd grow the hair out. No one would know. Well, yeah, I guess. But still, it's still a bad tattoo. You can never shave your head again. No, you couldn't. You got Petrangelo's face on your yeah, head. Yeah, that wouldn't be You good. can't shave it again. That'd be brutal if you're Robin Leonard. So that idea, solid F. Okay, I, I have a couple questions, and probably no one followed up on it because only my brain would work this stupid. Is he getting, like, the whole face? On the bike, on like the back there, of his head? There or? wasn't that description. Wasn't it? You oh, didn't okay. explain it to that level. Yeah. Okay, because that would actually be a really interesting tattoo to just get someone else's face tattooed on the back of your head. So that way, when you do shave your head, what do you think? He's like an animal trying to ward off predators with eyes on the back of his head. I know what I think. Like that's the only. Okay. Mike going back down. <laughs> I give myself failure. Next topic to grade, the Golden Knights rally towel handed out to fans. Solid D. Solid D. Okay, first of all, you know, you know I don't like busyness. It's way too busy. (laughs) There's way too much on this weird thing. There's way too much. And second of all, second of all, make a decision up because I think they had Flurry and Leonard. Take a shot and make a decision about who's going to be the starting goalie. They had both of these guys on these weird towels. I don't like it. It's way too busy. I don't like busy stuff. Just have the head of, like, Petrangelo on it or Leonard's head with a, a, a tattoo on it. But don't have all this craziness. You got the blockers. You got the sticks. You got the ace. There's too much on this thing. Every point you just made is wrong. <laughs> Oh, the worst. <laughs> Can so, I tell you a sidebar that I yes. did get a I did get a text from Jason Fitz before the game yesterday and said, "Hey, listen, he if you go one? to the Golden Knights, oh. can you grab me one of those towels? Because <laughs> my friend really wants." So on Wednesday, I said, "Dude, that wasn't your friend. That was you." No, well, of course it was. And I I had to say, "Look, we go. I mean, you know, talk about uh, the uh, the security there. You walk in, man. We're headed up to the fifth floor. We're getting no. We don't get near those towels. But anyway, the rally towels are perfect. Oh, because oh, no." They're, they're a playing card. The design <sighs> is a playing card. It's the ace of spades. And instead of having, you know, you see like a king or a queen right. on the cards and, and it's double-sided. There's a key. Either way you look at the card, the king is facing up, right? And there's one yes. facing down. Yes. So they took Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard. <sighs> and so one way Fleury's up, one way Leonard is see, up. See, that's way too much to think about. It's pheno- it's phenomenal. No. First off, it looks like a playing card would. And second off, it's the perfect symbolism of their goalie rotation this year that even the rally towel doesn't know who should be the starting goalie. You got to start being you got to stop being so positive on this the This is Knights. the 
phenomenal rally towel. I love this rally towel. They're going to, everyone after this is not going to be as good as this one. A plus. Okay. A plus. All right. We need to get to both of these. So we'll do it yes. at the same time. Yes. Darren Waller and Gene Simmons both uh, rang the siren, right. wound the siren before periods. Grade Darren Waller and grade Gene Simmons. Okay. SFSA. Oh my God. Solid. F. Solid. A. Okay. So I'm sorry. Do Darren... you mean solid when you say S? Yes. Okay. All right. I just. N so... slash A. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Darren Waller. I'll say second best tight end in football. Huge, strong, strapping guy. If you can't be better than Osleberger and Arroyo, then I'm sorry. You stink. You got to be better. He didn't did. I mean, well, Arroyo's in his own league. He was out of his mind. But Osleberger, too, is a crazy person. So I'm sorry. Now, I have to qualify the essay for Gene Simmons and ask, was that the real Gene Simmons? <laughs> because if it was an actor, go, oh, we're in Vegas. There's probably like 7,000 of these guys walking around the strip impersonating Gene Simmons. Was it the, if it's the real one, that kid's 71, that guy gets an A. Do you know how great it would a. be if the Golden Knights were getting duped by oh, it'd be fakes awesome. Yes, of yes. celebrities? Well, that's <laughs> one locally you could see that there'd be guys who dress up as Gene Simmons. So I'm going to assume it's him. The guy's 71. He gets an A. Is that uh, a. his mini golf place still open? Is Down by the, UNLV? I'm on it. No, they moved it to oh. um, the Rio. The Rio. Yeah. Is oh. that still open? Because Gene Simmons just needs to wander around there. Well, you got yeah. kiss mini golf. Yeah. How great would it be if you wouldn't believe it was him? You'd be like, no, that's the fake I, like, Gene Simmons. I they said it yesterday. I looked up, I looked over to see, and I'm like, is that the real guy? Every point you made about Darren Waller, I agree uh, with an F for Darren Waller, not good enough. No. F. We saw Otzelberg and Arroyo. Come on. You gotta be better than that. Gene Simmons, though. <laughs> I'm also giving him an F. Ah! F. He didn't stick his tongue out. How does Gene say his mouth was open the entire time? It was like he was ready to unveil the tongue and he never stuck it out. He's 71. Stick out the tongue. Get what are the, we? Even I know. You think someone's giving Even you the I tapioca know. pudding? Even I know. 71, this guy. This was in their 50s when I was born. Even I know Gene Simmons sticks his tongue out all the time. Stick the tongue out when you're ringing the siren. Nah, I feel bad for the kid. I mean, I did find out that you get a discount at uh, Kiss Mini Golf if you're a local. So. Let's well, go. So it's still I've going. Been, I've been before. Yeah. I was at the one when it was down at UNLV. Yeah, I've been to uh, I've been to one at Rio. Yeah. So let's oh, you go have? if it's still open. Yeah. Am I the only one that doesn't associate KISS with golf? I don't know what that's no, about. No, I don't know why it I don't exists, know why but it I'll did. go. Yeah. Like, I, I'm down I, to go. I associate Alice Cooper with golf, but that's because he wrote a whole book about how it, golf got him sober. The it's not important. Gene Simmons at KISS Mini Golf sticks his tongue out. That's... Uh, it's not important who, but the radio station did like a <laughs> you can't, con. You can't get it in his mouth because he keeps taking his tongue yeah. out. The, the radio... final hole, you you put it into Gene Simmons' That's tongue. true, you do. That's true. That's All the right. final hole. Jared, and S... he didn't stick his tongue out. Jared, SB minus. <laughs> I, I've lowered my score in the seventy-one year old. B minus. The radio show one time we had a contest down at the one and by UNLV, <laughs> and it doesn't. It's not important who, but someone from the radio station. Showed up in like full garb wear, like with the high socks and the hat and the, like the little golfer hat, and I'm like, this isn't good. No, not no, at that's all. not. I mean, wait, come on. That, It'd be way not. better if you dressed up as Gene Simmons and actually stuck your tongue out. All right, here's your chance to get qualified to win tickets to tomorrow's Golden Knights game against the Wild. You will win a two foot sub from Porta Subs plus a Golden Knights hat. 
and you'll be qualified to win tickets to tomorrow's playoff game against the Minnesota Wild. So again, you win a sub from Porta Subs, a Golden Knights hat, and you're qualified to go watch the Golden Knights game tomorrow. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We're going to take caller number 12 at 702-364-1100. That's the number. You'll get qualified to win a pair of tickets to Golden Knights game, a sub from Porta Subs, Golden Knights hat, 702-364-1100. Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Grainy's grades? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and let us know who deserves a higher grade. Bischoff's Briefs. How was the game? Not very good. Have you ever seen a good hockey game? No, me neither. I love sports. I just can't get next to hockey. Bischoff's brief. See, I think Americans like to savor situations. One down, bottom of the ninth. One run game, first and third. Left-handed batter, right-hand reliever. Infield a double play depth. Here's the pitch. Bischoff's briefs. What's going in hockey? It seems to come out of nowhere. The play-by-play guy is always shocked. Le Petier passes to Huckenshuck, who skates past the blue line. Huckenshuck, of course, was traded from Winnipeg for a case of Labatt's after sitting out last season with, oh my God, he scores! Bischoff's Briefs. Congratulations to Laurel. He won the Golden Knights hat, the sub from Porta Subs, and is entered to win a pair of tickets to tomorrow's Golden Knights game. We will have two more of those giveaways tomorrow as well so again cutting it close we, we will be cutting <laughs> I was it gonna close. say when we give them the tickets away <laughs> yes <laughs> but we will have two more of those tomorrow where you can still get entered to win a pair of tickets to tomorrow's golden knights game plus the sub from porta subs and a golden knights hat but briefs today oh john gruden better watch his back because urban meyer is coming for him he is coming for him with the jokers travis Etienne, the running back that the Jaguars drafted in the first round is apparently going to take all of his snaps at wide receiver in rookie minicamp. And I'm not sure what urban Meyer is trying to do here. Um, so to backtrack a little bit with urban Meyer and some comparisons here to the Raiders and John Gruden along the way, the Jaguars had the perfect season last year that proves running backs do not matter. James Robinson was an undrafted free agent that ran for over a thousand yards in 14 games and averaged four and a half yards per carry. Didn't do a lot of pass catching, but he still had 344 receiving yards last season. But James Robinson was the perfect example as to why you don't draft a running back in the first round. Quick comparison for you. James Robinson in his career is averaging four and a half yards per carry. Josh Jacobs is averaging 4.3. James Robinson in his career is averaging 76 rushing yards per game. Josh Jacobs is averaging 79. Both has averaged seven yards per catch. James Robinson is averaging 24 receiving yards per game. Josh Jacobs, 14. Their per game and per touch numbers are almost identical in their careers. The Raiders wasted a first round pick on Josh Jacobs. The Jaguars got James Robinson as an undrafted free agent. That is exactly why you don't draft running backs early. You can get the same production from guys that you draft later or don't even draft at all in the case of James Robinson. So the Jaguars as an organization, perfect example. Don't draft a running back early because you just got James Robinson. Just roll with him. Use your draft assets on more important positions. But Urban Meyer decided to waste a first round pick on a running back anyway. It's incredibly stupid. Now, 
Urban Meyer is taking another page from John Gruden's book and trying to change a guy's position. If we remember, the Raiders drafted Lynn Bowden and tried to change his position and then traded him away to another team before he ever got to play a snap for him. And now they have Kenyon Drake, who the Raiders have apparently said is going to might play some snaps at wide receiver. So Urban Meyer has now drafted Travis Etienne as running back in the first round and said, oh, let's play him at wide receiver. Now, the, the point in favor of Urban Meyer here is that the most valuable running backs in the NFL are the ones that catch passes. Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, those are the guys that are the most valuable running backs in the NFL because they create something in the passing game. But even those two, like Mike Davis was productive last year as the Panthers' number one back when McCaffrey was hurt. Latavius Murray, when he's gotten to play instead of Alvin Kamara, he's been productive with the Saints the last couple of years. So the problem is that even the most valuable running backs still don't carry a ton of value because their backups can still be close to as productive as they are. Now, with Drake and ETN, the problem for both of them is trying to figure out where they're going to get the targets. Because take the Raiders, for example. We know Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro are going to get a ton of targets. We can make the assumption that Henry Ruggs is going to get a lot of targets as well. Otherwise, wow, that's a wasted pick if he's not top three in targets this year. And then John Brown might end up being the new Nelson Aguilar, and he's got a good chance to be top four in terms of targets. So Kenyon Drake is likely fighting with like Brian Edwards for the fifth most targets on the team in the best case scenario. That's not a ton of value. And then in Jacksonville, they have a potentially great wide receiver in DJ Chark. They drafted LaVisca Chenault early last draft, right? And he had a good rookie season. He looks good. And then they signed Marvin Jones this year. Like their top three receivers, they don't have really a true stud, but they've got three good wide receivers on that team. So ETN, like Kenyon Drake, is fighting for the fourth or fifth most targets, best case scenario on the team. That's just not enough value. There's just not enough value for Drake and for ETN to A, pay Drake the $8 million guaranteed over two years, or B, draft Travis Etienne in the first round. I mean, it's going to be hard for Drake. You forgot Josh Jacobs' 60 receptions, so that's going to be difficult because he's going to get a lot of targets. Um, I don't know if this is, well, I hope it is because you know my feelings on Urban. I hope, like, heck, Urban becomes an NFL coach who overthinks the room and it just completely fails. He already is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's already doing stuff where you're like, eh, I don't know about that. This might be, though, and this is thinking outside the box, this might be why, because uh, we know um, ETN went to Clemson. Johnny Gruden over the weekend was running down that hill at Clemson to hang out with Dabo, and he's probably saying, Dabo, I didn't get ETN, but do you have another <sighs> joker? Can I drag? You- who's your next joker? Because this urban guy, he got your best joker, and I need another one. That's did you? Okay, what? It's I'm glad he didn't. But did you think Gruden was taking a swan dive down that down that hill this week? Yeah, I did too. That's a hard <laughs> hill to run down there, Matt. That's a hard <laughs> hill to run down. But maybe that's why he was there. A lot of dabbo, a lot of dabbo time for Johnny over the weekend. I mean, was... They're only going to draft Clemson and Alabama yes! players. Yes, it's like it's a joke, but it's not even a joke anymore. No. It's the only guys to draft until <laughs> the end of time. Hey, right, went to Clemson. Yeah, we'll take yeah. him. Oh, he's not projected Urban... for another three rounds. Doesn't matter. We'll take him. I mean, Urban got a you know who everyone says is going to be a franchise quarterback. He got the best quarterback prospect in decades. I get all that, but I just got a feeling he's over. I think he's coming in and he's an incredible coach, college coach, but he's been told that for a long time. And I think he's going to do some things at that level that just don't work at the at this level. Yeah, that bring in Tim Tebow. We're going to be talking yeah. in four years. Can Trevor Lawrence win now that he's out of Urban Meyer in Jacksonville? Right. Right. Five years. That's what Five we're going years. to be talking yeah. about. 
five years from now is can't like Trevor Lawrence has been good, but my God, he's been throwing to Tim yes. Tebow for five seasons. 39-year-old Tim, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow's 40. Yeah. 39-year-old Tim oh, Tebow. Oh, good God. He's at gonna, that point, he's, he will be big enough to be a tackle. At that, point, he'll be, at that point, he'll be brought on with the Raiders in order to be their leadership presence in the locker room. And poor Derek Carrier will have just turned 30 and go, come on! Yeah, it'll be Foster Moreau. Foster oh, Moreau's going to uh, be buried by Tim Tebow at some point. It's... I... If Lawrence is awesome, it might make up for a lot of it, yeah. but it does not feel like Jacksonville's got any no. chance to be good under Urban Meyer. The best, the best thing that I saw was, now that they've signed Tim Tebow, can they finally trade Gardner Minshew? <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up next, Barry Melrose joins the show. Hopefully. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Joining us now is Barry Melrose. Barry, how are you this morning? Thanks for joining us. Hey, Barry. My pleasure, guys. How are you? Good. Um, I'm curious, is there anything you notice, like, as to why the Minnesota Wild are a bad matchup for the Golden Knights? Uh, no, uh, usually a, a good team can match up against anybody, and, and uh, uh, Vegas certainly is a good team. Uh, so uh, we knew Minnesota was good, but to dominate Vegas the way they have, it's pretty phenomenal. But, uh, uh, you know, like I said, Vegas should be able to beat anybody, anywhere, anytime. And uh, they're proven that, uh, you know, maybe Minnesota is the exception of the rule because Minnesota looked great again and ended up uh, ended up winning. So. Uh, it's pretty. Uh, it's it, it's an amazing number, without a doubt. Barry, uh, in your career, did you have teams or know of teams? And I, I never buy into this because they're pros and they're good and they they they're very confident. Did you ever teams where you thought another was in your head in terms of your players? Like, and and Pete DeBoer didn't really deny that during the regular season when they said, "Well, are they creeping into your head?" And he didn't really deny it. It just seems surprising at that level that would happen. Well, I'll give you an example. I was coaching in L.A., and, and we are in uh, the regular season. Vancouver uh, was an excellent club. Pavel Burry was on that team. They had an excellent group of guys, Trevor Linden. And, and during the regular season, we couldn't handle them at all. And then uh, come playoff time, uh, we beat them in double overtime uh, to go ahead in the series, and we ended up winning that series in six games. Uh, you know, So that's a case where it changed in the playoffs. Uh, and a team like Vancouver that we couldn't beat during the regular season, uh, we beat them in six games in the playoffs. So maybe it'll change in the playoffs. But right now, you know, the Wilds certainly uh, have Vegas's number. There's no doubt about that watching that game uh, last night. Would you continue the goalie rotation that the Golden Knights have done with Marc-Andre Fleury and Leonard? I, I think Fleury has to play again. I, I, he was great. Uh, I know he didn't have the – he didn't have the uh, – number of shots uh, that Talbot had, but uh, he was excellent. And, and uh, man, he made some big saves when the game was on the line. The, the winning goal, it, it hit three people before it went in the net. You can't blame him for that. So I, I, I just, I, it, it's, uh, you got something hot. You got a goaltender that's on fire. It's hard to come back with another goaltender. Uh, you know, does the goaltender deserve that? No. I, I, even if you've been repeating all year long, it's hard when you see a goaltender play that well and then pull them and put in a different goaltender. So I'll be, that'll be something that we can watch and look at, but uh, I'll be surprised if Flurry's not goaltender next game. 
Uh, they moved on from Sh- uh, Schmidt and Stasny um, to get in Petrangelo at $8 million plus uh, this year. I think everyone who's watched it says he has underachieved to this point. Can you remember situations like that where you look back and say, boy, eight years at eight point, and you moved on from guys who you know did pretty well for you? Or do you say it's one year, and, and no matter what they did with the cap and they had to do with the cap throughout the season, you roll with someone like that because you know, his, his career says he's that good? Uh, I, I think you got to just look at the, the body of work. The guy was the, unbelievable when they won the Stanley Cup with St. Louis. He's a leader. Uh, yeah, I know. I know the. You're, you, everyone's probably fired up about that play at the end where it didn't get out, and then it came back and they scored on it. But uh, Petra Angelo is one of the five, six best defensemen in the NHL, and you're going to pay that. You're not going to get anybody out there better than Petra Angelo. And, and uh, you know, Shea Weber is a great example. He, he left and went to Montreal. Yeah, he struggled this year. Uh, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't been the dominant defenseman they thought he would be. Uh, but, you know, to get a – these guys are hard to find, six-foot-four defensemen, six-foot-five defensemen. You know, Tampa Bay, are they going to trade uh, Hedman? Uh, you know, that's, that's what it would be. Moving, mm-hmm. move, moving Petra Angelo is like moving uh, Victor Hedman. So they're, they're hard to find, and – and you just got to hope that you know this guy's a great defenseman, a great leader, and and the next game he'll make a play that wins you the game, and 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 you know Jack, and get you fired up and go to go and win this round, and then move on to the next round. That's what a great defenseman does. So I'm I'm not worried about Petro Angelo yet. I, I still think he's uh, going to be a big factor in this series. We saw the Golden Knights throughout the year play without 18 skaters a handful of times because of the salary cap, and and we see. Tampa Bay, Kucherov is back after spending the whole year on long-term IR. I'm curious, just big-picture thoughts on NHL teams sort of manipulating the cap so once they get to the playoffs, they can have what would effectively be an illegal team if it was the regular season. Hey, everybody has got the same rules. Uh, that's, that's what, that's what you, you always got to say. Uh, you know, they, they're smart. You're going you're gonna to penalize them for being smart. Uh, I don't think you can. It makes you mad. Uh, but you know you you've got to handle the salary cap. That's that's why it's it's almost like the 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 guy who runs the salary cap is one of your most important executives on your team. So uh, that that is that's just the way the rules are now. And and the longer it goes with this system, the better the guys will be at uh, at running it. So uh, uh, you know if you, if you got the money, it used to be if you had money, uh, you were able to win. Now you have to have a, salary, a guy that can run the salary cap and and you know give you uh, give you a way to get people to play that that whether it's long term IR things like that. But it those guys are very very important players now on a team. Uh, the salary cap guys. So what would your response have been if a salary cap guy came to you when you were coaching and said, "All right, we need to sit one of our best players for the entire regular season, but don't worry, we'll be great in the playoffs." Well, I I. I I'm not sure it happened that way, uh, but uh, you know the he did it. Uh, you know Sam Coast was out; he came back last night too. Uh, you know every every team's done it. Uh, you know Vegas is lucky because they came in and they had lots of money and uh, they had young guys that they were building, and so you know they didn't have to pay out like you know. I think Corey was their highest paid player at, at the start of the, the their first year, or so. Um, you know, but I, I'm sure you do go to players and, and say, you know, uh, you know, but they call it the hometown discount where, Pet, you know, St. Louis tried that with Pedro Angelo, you know, get him to take less money to stay in St. Louis. 
um, you know, that happens all the time too. So, it, it, like I said, it's, it's, you're not breaking any rules. It's in the rule book. And then if, it, if you can make it work for you, you're a smart guy and, and uh, you deserve to be paid. Uh, three of the four have gone to overtime, and there might be an argument that the one that didn't was the best game uh, with Tampa oh, well. winning the way it did. Um, do you see anything in the condensed schedule? Does that mean anything in terms of there might be more surprises in the playoffs? Or like, will you be surprised at anything in the playoffs as to who advances to the four and who might ultimately win? Uh, no. No, I, I think the games are all going to be close. You've got 16 great teams. Uh, you know, they're... they're a uh, few points separating the four teams. Uh, you know you're going to have you're going to have close games. You're going to have overtime games. Got great goaltending. You got great defenses. Um, you know it's it, uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a dogfight. You're not going to see five nothing games or four four one games things like that. They're going to be they're going to be low scoring close games. And and uh, you look like last night one mistake by Petrangelo and OT and the game's over. So it's. Uh, it's, it's going to happen in all the divisions. They're all great. And, uh, you know, I expect, uh, I expect Caps, uh, Islanders, Pittsburgh will be close. Boston, Washington, you know, that, that game could easily, that series could easily go seven. And matter of fact, I'll be very surprised if it doesn't go seven. So it's just, there's just so many good teams in the NHL right now. You know, Carolina and Nashville, that's, that's, uh, uh, that, that's two very good teams that are really hot right now. Uh, so, uh, you know, th- that is going to be a dogfight, too. So, uh, surprise this year, pandemic year, no. Anything could happen in the, in the NHL now. Do you have a team you think is, is the favorite? Like, who would you peg as number one right now? Uh, I, 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 I think Vegas. I haven't seen uh, Colorado yet. They're certainly going to be good. Uh, Carolina, uh, Nashville both playing really well. Uh, I, I, you know, Tampa Bay, that was a huge win. Uh, last night uh, for them, so um, it, it's it's uh, it's wide open. Like there's there's not a bad team in here. Everybody's got good goaltenders. Uh, it, it's just gonna be, it's gonna be a fantastic playoffs. I want to ask you uh, one last one on Flurry because uh, there is a reason Leonard played in the bubble last year. Uh, it was not Mark Andre's best year. Uh, obviously, now he's bounced back. It, at that age, how how um, uh, you know surprising is that kind of resurgence at his position? Well, if you look, you look at, uh, I don't know if you guys have been hockey fans for a long time, but, you know, in, in, the, in the 60s, they, they had gold, goaltenders. Terry Sawcheck was over 40. Johnny Bauer was over 40. John Worsley was over 40. You know, these guys were all winning cups over 40, Eddie Jackman. Uh, so uh, I, have no, I have no problem playing with a, an older goaltender. Or, or, uh, these guys are in great shape now. I can guarantee you. The goaltenders now, uh, Anderson, Craig Anderson, and Flurry, and these guys, they're in a, they're in a lot better shape than the guys I just mentioned. The old guys, like they they weren't drinking beer and stuff after the game <laughs> the way the old timers did in in those days. So, uh, you know, I I think these guys now are in great shape and will have no problem uh, playing uh, if, if they're playing every game. After the game, you're telling me they weren't drinking during in between periods? <laughs> no, no, that, those are stories that that would never. <laughs> Well, he is Barry Melrose. Barry, we appreciate it this morning. Thank you, Barry. Thanks, guys. Take care. Appreciate it. Oh, he still went to Vegas on the favorites. Yeah. I don't know if I would right now. I, I he, he also 
He's a very nice man. <laughs> so he may just be being nice he to our audience. Pandering, we don't pander to the audience, so at least Barry Melrose does for us. Uh, by the way, Alex Petrangelo is 31 years old already. So he'll be 38 when it's over? Yeah. So did they give him the, the pool hole steal? They did. I think they did. You tell me the Kings are going to sign him there in the last year? No, no, yeah, they will. The Golden Knights will cut ties with him in his last year. And go to the Kings after. Will Petrangelo's wife post on Instagram that it's his final season? Year, then unpost and say, "I meant in Los Angeles, yeah, and not anywhere else." Now the only people who post around the Knights are agents, so no one else really. Where is where is Leonard's agent? Yeah, but also. Leonard randomly will just respond to tweets. Yeah, Leonard. Leonard's kind like, of the most active on Twitter of all those guys. He's the only one. Like, okay. I don't know if any. I don't follow all those guys. So I don't know if anyone they tweets. They don't tweet. Although, let's be honest, if a Golden Knight tweets, it will be retweeted 77 yes. times within yes. two seconds. They don't tweet. Like, if you told me that the Golden Knights tell their players they're not allowed to tweet, I'd believe right. it. They, right. They don't tweet. And hell, I mean, just what are we, six months removed from Jonathan Marsh still getting in trouble for replying on Instagram to people? Tell yes. them to shut up and who's yes. your mommy or something like How many do you think like I don't follow them? So how many do you think have Twitter accounts? I follow Leonard, but he gets only because he's an interesting guy. Most of guy. them do. Okay. I, I, think, I mean, yeah, I most think, of them do. They don't, they, again, they don't tweet anything, right. which makes me think the Golden Knights tell them, hey, don't tweet anything. <laughs> well, then Leonard didn't get the message. Uh, right. And that's the interesting part <laughs> is also, Leonard's the one. He's the one that's out there. I also think that maybe they aren't into social media, but they're required to have a Twitter account. So that oh, they that can could be. be. Like, I would like to thank Head and Shoulders for yeah, supporting me. Through. That could be. Listen, listen. I'm like the same age as most of the players on the team. I've told you guys before, if somebody talked about me every day, I would be overly consumed with it. There's no way they're not into it. I They're reading it. There's no doubt. Oh, reading, reading it's it. one thing. Yeah, well, Jared's saying they're not into social media. They're reading it. Oh. They might not be allowed to hit well, send I on mean, those tweets. The- but those drafts oh, I are think they, up. I think they read everything about them. Yeah. There's got to be, well, there's also, I assume there's some sort of person whose job it is to, like, put into a stack of, like, here, this as your PR rep, this is what's being said about you. This is our strategy for whatever. There's definitely a person who does that for management and coaching. Now, players, I don't know. But I know it does, It happens for management oh, and coaches. Well, and by the way. stupid class in college. Yeah. And I was like, why am I here? Well, this is dumb. We always, I always laugh at like, I don't read anything. I don't read anything like from coaches and GMs. I'm like, well, then you're an idiot because you should know everything people are saying right. about your team. Yeah. You, 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 why wouldn't you read? Now, you don't have to respond and you don't have to like it, but you better know what people are saying about right. your team. You should know what they're saying. And it, your media relations department should be giving you something. Absolutely. Every day. It says, here's what, here's what people here's are saying. Here's what was tweeted. Here's what was yeah. written. Here's uh, hopefully exactly. what was said on the radio, even though we'll, we'll see about mm. that. But yeah, I mean, no. that, that radio's should be dying, Tyler. That's right. We're dead. We're dead dead all right i don't know what's Ever coming since up they next. Introduced television, radio has been dying all right i don't know what's coming up next find out later with me live from the finley toyota espn las vegas studios this is the press box with granny and bischoff all right i'm excited in the break ed said yeah, he's got something don't for get me. too got excited it. don't get too excited can you believe? I swear to God, if Cody Bellinger's name comes out, no, of your mouth, no, okay. no, 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 I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about soft athletes. Um, so, uh, can you believe the cheapest ticket in the Garden against the Hawks is nine hundred and ninety dollars? And I see that, and I, I'm like, no, who? I don't I'm believe like, you. I'm like, right? cheapest? Who, who has that much money? The that's what the, that's what it said. The cheapest yeah. for game that's one. That's what it says. Knicks Hawks. That's what it says. 
is, is 989. Now, again, I'll check it, but that's what um, I just read that. Uh, and I'm telling you, what if I don't that? even know if it's I don't even know if it's like 500. I'd still ask the same question. Like, who has that money? I. Okay, so we may have to ask uh, David Roth this later in the week because I remember him vaguely talking about how the reason a bunch of people became Nets fans is because it was like, yeah, but they play in a rec league gym, so we just, you know, we give 20 bucks and they let us see some basketball. <laughs> like, I, I, okay, the the Knicks are back in the it's playoffs. It's going to insane levels. Knicks playoff tickets have reached insane levels. Like, I, I get it. I get the excitement, I get but I don't get like you're telling oh. me that's the cheapest. I okay. understand there'd be a super expensive tickets, but the cheapest? The entry price, the entry price, not including fees for game one, will call you uh, cost you at a minimum just nine sixty eight through SeatGeek, and you'll be sitting in section two fifth two fourteen. I don't know the garden well enough, but section two fourteen in the sixteenth row. That price is almost three times the amount than StubHub's get-in price for the Nets opening at Barclays Center. Not even the Islanders compete. The cheapest ticket for the first game with Penguins at home was a measly two twenty-nine. So they're saying on this uh, SeatGeek uh, for two, uh, section 214, 16th row, I'm assuming that it has to be up top, 968. What's the not including fees? I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, whatever you're that pushing means. you over a thousand. Yeah. What, uh, does it say what are the Knicks' capacity? What's New York's capacity allowed at? Are it they at 50? Say. Like, if, if yeah, you're telling me it's New York, so the maximum is gonna be 50, yeah, but if, if not less, if you're telling me the capacity is like 25, percent then maybe I can start to understand okay. it because now you're driving the, the uh, yes, the supply way down yes. for hey, this is the first time the Knicks have had a relevant team and. What a, a decade? When was the last time they had a team in the playoffs? Twenty thirteen? Yeah. Is that right? Well, that's a, I didn't when I saw that, I did not think of that right away, but we should. Again, it's New York, so I don't even know if it's fifty. Jesus. Capacity at museums and zoos in New York? is fifty percent. Well while movie theaters <laughs> is thirty three. Oh. Thank you for not finding <laughs> sporting effects. Nine sixty eight. <laughs> Madison Square Garden. 25%. Oh, well then, okay, I like you said, so still though, 968. Like Zoos though, 50%. I, just, I told you before, like if I had it, I wouldn't pay it. I, I just wouldn't. Now again, maybe Knicks I'm saying basketball? that. Well, maybe I'm saying that. And if I was a lifelong Knicks fan, and uh, I guess, but I just, I just in my mind can't comprehend paying that much to sit up top to watch a basketball game. What would you have paid to go to a Dodgers World Series game last year? Assuming it had been in, if know, I could have afforded it, if it had been in LA, and it wouldn't have mattered. Well, no, right now, if you, what you could have afforded, like what would you have been willing to pay? If it was in LA, yeah, I was the last time they won it, I was there, and I didn't pay that much because I was at the top of the stadium. Um, Legally, he got himself credential. <laughs> no, I, I paid. I was no, I paid it the last time they were in it. Um, last year to win it, oh. Three to five hundred. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay, like, I, I, like, yeah, if I, yes, yes, three to five hundred. Yeah, and yeah. that's, yeah, that's World Horrible. Series for no, it's World team. Series for your team. First round for the Knicks. Oh. Like, you got to be diehard to be willing to put up nine hundred bucks. A thousand, ultimately, a a thousand over a thousand with fees. with fees. Watch your team lose. To yeah. Atlanta okay, for... if it's the Astros, you'd go three to five hundred. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd pay like that. the Astros and Arsenal are my two favorite okay, teams. I'd pay, I'd pay a few hundred to go yeah. watch them play, but first round playoff game? No. <sighs> poor girlfriend. Your poor yeah. girlfriend's yeah. paying. <laughs> You're not uh, paying. I know that's how right. You I'm taking money from her bank account to pay. <sighs> Man, more. I hope that's the wife's true. not listening. That garage door isn't gonna open when I get home. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
three to, to five hundred, huh? <laughs> Are you out of your mind? There's a good TV right there. <laughs>